0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. How are you today? Uh, I hope you're... I thank you for choosing our podcast, the little old podcast, to uh, start your week. Or maybe it's the end of your week and you're listening to it. I really don't know. But I I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen. And I know some people are here from Misha Collins. And I hope that after the episode, you're like, you know, I dug that. I want to stick around. I'm going to subscribe to this guy's podcast. Give it a chance. Because I think a lot of times people come, Ryan, for the guest.
1: Yeah, I would say that's true for a lot of podcasts. Yeah, they, they,
0: I'm, I'm here to listen to Misha Collins, not mm-hmm. Michael Rosenbaum, which is fair. But maybe he's a
1: gateway drug for a lot of people to get into the podcast.
0: There you go. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I just did an audition and I'm still talking like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you want to follow us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at inside of you, at inside of you pod. And Instagram and Facebook at, at Inside of You Podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate it. You can write reviews on Spotify, Apple, wherever. Watch the uh, episode on YouTube if you like. You can watch the entire episode. We also have clips and things like that. So I appreciate you doing that, and appreciate you uh, supporting the podcast today. Um, Ryan, did you have a good week. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're uh, busy this week. I'm busy this week. You are busy. I got a lot of things going on
0: this yeah. week in uh, fact i'm supposed to interview jared padalecki and i gotta figure out who's gonna be my engineer for that i know i cannot be here for <laughs> it cannot be here for <laughs> it so hopefully we'll get jason my sweet editor to uh to be part of that if he has time you know because jared's a busy guy if we don't get him we may not get him again for a while
1: hopefully he doesn't flake
0: well he's not really a flake hmm. i mean he hasn't flaked on me before uh what else uh, if you want to go to the inside of you online store you can get great merch like autographed lunchbox small the lunch bo- boxes from me and tom and we autograph those or just an autograph lunchbox from me autograph scripts sign pictures mugs tumblers shirts so many so much great stuff on the uh inside of you online store and also if you want to go to sunspincom that's my band It's called sunspin sunspincom you can get band merch you could book me for a zoom if you want to zoom with me I'm also on the cameo and uh, yes uh, that's that's really about it Misha Collins is the guest today uh, we talk about a lot of stuff we uh, you know he's just a, he's a really good guy uh, it was nice having him here in the studio was wasn't it nice it's just so much nicer when I had Jensen here I had hmm. Misha Um and he's got a good, he's got a good microphone voice too. He does. he has got kind of a really infectious. It's rich. It's rich. It's deep. It's gravelly. It is. It's accented. And people love this guy. Yeah. People love Misha. I think he's got a heart of gold too. And uh, you know, let's just do it. Let's uh I'm reminding you now to after the podcast is over, uh, please subscribe and do all that stuff if you're here for Misha. Also, join Patreon, patreon.com/slash inside of you. You could join Patron, uh, become a patron, and support the podcast in other ways. The podcast needs your help. So if you want to become a patron, I always uh, message you after you become a patron. I send a message saying thank you. So go to Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. And without further ado, let's get inside of Misha Collins. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You know, Misha, I always feel like the guest is gonna get up and walk out. I I, I might get up and
2: walk out at any moment. Please don't. Um, I always it's feel nice it. To, it's nice to see it's you nice in to person. See you.
0: It is nice to see you in person The as last well. time
2: we did this, it was uh, a Zoom. It was a virtual experience. Yeah,
0: and don't you feel like those are kind of not, they're impersonal they're, or they're just, you, you feel like it, there's not as much of a connection. Yeah, it's nice. You get to shield yourself from actually being known by the other person. In this industry, it's always like, what are you doing? And people are like, oh, I'm doing this. And I, I got this script going on. And I got, you know, and I got this one show. And I, I'm doing a food show. And I'm doing, you've got all these things going on. But there's something really brave and cool to just go, I don't have shit going on right now. I'm taking care of me, I'm taking care of myself. I want to get, I want to feel good. Because I read somewhere that, you know, at, at towards the end of Supernatural, like you hit a fucking wall, like you know. I, to quote you, it was something like you were deeply fried. I don't know if you said that, but uh, and the net effect of that was that you were really you weren't really loving anything, dreading everything. Is this true? I don't know about dreading everything, but I
2: I was. I mean, I think the <laughs> colloquial term is burnt out. I, um, it was we uh, we were doing a breakneck. A schedule of fan conventions and shooting on supernatural and i was living in washington state and driving across the border so my commute was you know it, some some mornings it was an hour and a half in the car Jesus. just to get to work and and then i'd be driving home at three o'clock in the morning you know and crossing the border and i um i was exhausted i was also you know running a nonprofit and or not running a nonprofit, but i was you know board president of a nonprofit that i had started and i was you know uh doing these scavenger hunts and and, the cons the conventions and uh and other you know businesses and working on writing projects i had so much work that i was doing that i uh that it became difficult to enjoy any of the work if i'm being honest like i didn't have I, i wasn't well resourced enough to be happy at that point and um and it just wasn't sustainable. But at the same time, like I, I definitely was running on the fumes to an extent um, and the cortisol kept me going. And I think that that even has an addictive property. At least it does for me. Like working, you know, you know they call it workaholism for a reason. Are like you a workaholic? I can be. I can get into a, a pattern of if I don't know what to do with myself, I'll work and that can be a treadmill that's hard to get off of for me right. at times
0: yeah. so um yeah yeah that's tough i remember doing smallville and i I, rem- I remember just being absolutely exhausted by episode like 19 of 23 or 20 whatever episodes we did and you, we, we drove ourselves for quite some time and um and as did you you guys yeah. drove yourselves but I remember one location was over an hour away. It was always raining. And Jared yeah. and Jensen never drove themselves. They, they never o- did. They, they never always did. had drivers. Could you have had a driver? Or no, they just weren't going to give you a driver? They weren't going to give me a driver. After 12 years, after eight years, after
2: five years? No. No, no, no. You know, it, it's funny. As soon as you become the a regular. Son of a bitches. They should have stuck up for you. <laughs> as soon as you become a regular, you lose your driver. It's kind of ironic,
0: right? right? Guest stars y- get drivers, but. But it was a good thing you would take that exchange. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I mean, but I remember driving and with one eye closed. and I was just really depressed. I was just down. And not to knock Canada. I love Canada. I love Canadians. I love Vancouver. But Vancouver rains a lot and it gets depressing. And I remember there's one time I'm just listening to this depressing song and I felt like Chris Farley. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to drive the goddamn car off the road. (laughs) I just felt like I really was, I had to pull over and just like, get my bearings because i was really like just physically and emotionally exhausted i was done and i was there two hours before everybody shaved in the head i I just remember that one time going holy shit dude you've lost your mind you're gonna be one of those actors that they write about not for very long just for like maybe the day that's the thing on twitter someone dies unfortunately and it's just like oh my god and then the next day you're you know what the fuck is that? Right. Where was I going you, with this? But <laughs> like you were burnout. No, were but, I
2: mean I think that that is you know it's it's funny. I mean it's not funny. Um, it is it is a you know everyone says you know, it's it's not as glamorous as you think or whatever. There are so many aspects of of the job working as an actor that are amazing. Amazing. And it's And, there, and there are so many like pinch me moments, right, where you can't believe that the good fortune that you have. And you, and you also have to remind yourself to be grateful for the good fortune that you have. But, it, uh, but the fact of the matter is you also are quite often working until 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning and then driving yourself home. Or what we would do often is work until 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday and drive to the airport and just wait for the 6 a.m. flight to get to the East Coast to do a convention. And it was oh, like you're not, God. your body doesn't. Your body can't. And the keep older up with you that. get,
0: you can do it when you're in your 20s, early 30s. You start to hit your 40s, late 40s. Like me, I'm almost 50. It's amazing how those things just your body goes. No way. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. You're not getting on another plane. And you have to listen to your body because with me i just know that if i'm exhausted or if emotionally i mean that's when the anxiety kicks in mm-hmm. and there's nothing worse than having an anxiety on ta- attack on set have you ever had an anxiety attack on set no what's that it's like fuck have you, you just, have you, you, it? It? Have oh, you yeah, had it like where it. where it it debilitated you I, I'm or debilitating i was i was the lead on this series short lived show last couple seasons called impastor and i remember being I remember doing a lot of pushups right before the take and I had to run across and talk to the, uh, this other pastor in the scene and I ran across and I'm looking at him and my whole body started to get kind of numb and my heartbeat was kind of racing and I go, um, I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack. I didn't say that. I go, and I was just, I think I knew my line so well that nobody knew, but I was freaking the fuck out as I'm giving these lines. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be lunch after that take. And I thought, oh my God, what's going on? You know, hey, Troy, my assistant would get, get a doctor. And Dr. Lim came on set, you know- Oh Dr. yeah, <laughs> I love Dr. Lim. Dr. Lim, oh, he was the best. And he came on and goes, um, Michael, um, I'm checking everything, everything seems to be, have you ever had a, an anxiety attack?
2: That's a great Dr. Lim impersonation. <laughs> I, does, does Dr. Lim know that you impersonate him? <laughs> I didn't even mean to. I
0: just tried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he speaks so quietly and so comforting. Mm-hmm. Actually, he is the, the nice antidote man. to a
0: uh, panic attack.
2: <laughs> just that voice is very yeah. soothing.
0: So, uh, you know, it could be, um, uh, you could be having a, but hearing that was terrifying. Because we had about three episodes left and I go, this is going to happen again. You're always anticipating it. And it did happen again in this final sequence. And I remember I was freaking out. I didn't want to tell anybody. It's embarrassing. Oh, my God, I can't be doing this. I'm the lead actor. I can't have a panic attack. They're going to, sh- you know, so I just go, hey, guys, I got to go to the bathroom. I my stomach's bothering me. I, I got to really take a shit right now. I think i told this story and and the director's like, hey, can we just do one more take? And I go, I go, uh, I really need to go. And so I raced to my trailer and I went in there and I'm like a drug addict looking for my Xanax, looking for the pills. Where where are they? Just throwing everything away. My Troy walks in, the assistant, and is like, you okay? I'm like, "No, I'm having a panic attack. I'm, I'm numb. I, I'm tingling in my arms and my legs. I'm just like – it was just sheer exhaustion. It was a combination of not sleeping, stress, and whatever. I, I don't know. Being overwhelmed and it just – it is a terrifying thing, and I I refuse to tell anybody. I think now I'm in a place where I would say, "Hey guys, I'm having a little anxiety attack right now. I just want the crew to know I'm hopefully going to get through it, but uh, I'd like everybody to know. So it's not uh, what the fuck's wrong with Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. This is what's wrong with him. I'm <laughs> having an anxiety attack, and uh, you know, trying to erase the stigma and trying to show you that I'm a human being, and I've just uh, I'm overwhelmed right now." So if ever, of course, that would freak everybody out. Right? More, everybody right? Would be like, oh my god, he's lost his Why? mind. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> what would you do in that situation?
2: I, I, I mean, I think I've I've dealt with anxiety on set. I think I've dealt with anxiety in auditions and like tests situations that mm-hmm. was pretty severe. Yep. Um, and difficult to get through the work because of, um, but I've had I had panic attacks probably about for a little stretch about about twenty years ago. And it, it is almost impossible to describe because it is so overwhelming and it feels so physical. You feel um, like you're going to pass out. Well, I I thought I was like you. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, it seems like something in your body is you. Something is radically wrong. Right. It's not just like I'm anxious. I'm nervous. Which, by the way, anxiety when it's when it's not a full blown panic attack can also be quite debilitating. But yeah uh it's it feels visceral it feels very physical um, yeah yeah i don't know i <laughs> um you you calling out to the crew and letting <laughs> them a kno- good le- letting them know that you need a moment reminds me of one of my early experiences with one of the worst directors i was working on this movie that uh it was a, it was my first big role in an independent feature this was almost 20 years ago and the director was, he really didn't know what he was doing, but he thought that he was Scorsese. <laughs> and it was my oh, first no. day on set. And, uh, and, he, uh, w- and we did one take and he comes up to me and he, he had this really kind of creepy way of, of talking to actors, which is he would, he would whisper conspiratorially in your ear as if what he was saying was shameful. Jesus. and so he comes up to me and he says ah um misha um are you all right you seem a little eh. and i was like what what
0: you don't I, say I, that I, to I, an actor like after
2: the first take on my first day on set so i now i'm thinking oh god why well, i've come like i'm they're gonna fire me oh, this is
0: horrible who is this guy
2: and uh and he says and i say yeah i think i'm okay and he's like looks at me, sort of side-eye, like, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, okay. All right, everyone, we're going again. And I said, wait, wait, um, Larry, can you just, I'm sorry, can, can you give me one second? And he said, sure. And then he screams, everyone, quiet on the set. Misha needs a minute.
0: <laughs> this is the worst director in the history like, of directing. It
2: was this cavalcade of bad directing uh, and choices. this
0: probably made you freak out even more. Of course it did.
2: Yes. So there I was in the middle of my first scene on the on having you know, a little the bit the of a panic, day, attack. having a panic attack that was quite uh, in,
0: due in large part to the director's bad directing. <laughs> <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do. It's gonna come out and it's not gonna come out in great ways all the time. Um BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe
1: space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down.
0: Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today. To get 10 percent off your first month that's BetterHelp, help slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me found- i got rocket money <laughs> Like I, I found one. it. I'm embarrassed to
1: say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're terrible. charging you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Do you ever have days where you feel like an amateur, like you can't get your lines out, you can't, the nerves start happening, you've done this a million times, but all of a sudden you're like, why am I feeling this? And you feel like you're a a newbie again, and you just want to take off to the moon or something. For some reason, for me, that happens pretty much... Every time I'm on set, really? You no, get- no, I'm I'm being hyperbolic, but I,
2: um, I it does happen when when I've been off for a while, like when we would come back on Supernatural when we come back from my hiatus and get back to work, I'd be like, shit, I forgot how to act. What yeah. am I doing? I mean, you know, you between you and me, idiot. I never really knew how to act, but um, <laughs> but it was like, oh, this is even
0: worse than usual. So yeah, for sure. That's it. Oh man. Yeah, Ryan, you don't get panic attacks, really, do you?
1: No, I never had one. Never, you never had. You don't want one. I don't want one.
0: Well, just know that if done. you're having one, it's probably not a heart attack. It's probably a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Right. unless it's a heart you're attack. Gonna, you're gonna, of course, have a heart attack and be like, eh, it's, it's, it's just, a panic. It's just attack. a panic attack.
2: Like, I don't need to go to the doctor. What <laughs> what
0: arm is it by the burnt way? Toast. Is, it, is, it, is it your closest? to Yeah, burnt toast. Isn't that it? You smell? No, that's a stroke, I think. Oh yeah, but isn't it like a your left t- arm tingly, gets numb uh, and your left arm, the one closest to your heart, right? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yep. Supernatural was, in 2021, top streaming programs acquired. It was number seven on all the fucking streamers. I read that stat. Criminal Minds was number one, and I didn't realize anyone was watching that. I know, it's amazing. It's like a show that's two it, shows that no one uh, really <laughs> thinks about anymore. But Supernatural's a, a huge show. I mean, you you said something one time that it's not a Hollywood darling, it's kind of under the radar, but it feels like every time I go on Twitter, even now that the show's over, Supernatural's trending. Mm-hmm. One of you guys is trending. Right. That's every cool. fucking day, what is that about? How, well, we are it's constantly cool.
2: trying to create controversy in order to stay relevant. <laughs> Um, so I'm, we're, we're doing a convention in Texas this weekend and we all plan to be streaking downtown in Dallas, uh, just to get some notoriety on Twitter. You're going to just get naked (laughs) and do it. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we've, you know, for whatever reason we lucked into a really ardent fan base that just, uh, you know, being a Supernatural fan, I think has become kind of an identity and, um, and how do you feel about that? Well, Uh, at times it feels amazing and at times it's kind of so strangely surreal that it's almost dissociative. Like I, I don't even know how to process it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's also one of those things that I've been, you know, it's, it's been whatever, 14 years now. So I'm a bit inured to it. It just feels normal.
0: What do you think it is about the show? Do you think it's just like there's some kind of, uh, it's almost like a cult maybe or a, um, (laughs)
2: well i mean i guess there is a reason that they use the phrase cult hit
0: yeah Um, in
2: in a way right with the fans i think that it's a combination of factors one of them is that uh the show was on television for 15 years and so the audience actually got to watch these two characters jared and jensen that, that jared and jensen were playing grow up as those actors grew up. Like you see those, the first season of that show and they're kids. Yeah. And, you know, when the show ended, they were washed up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so for an audience <sighs> member who actually started watching early on, Uh, To be able to carry through to the end of the arc of the series, they feel like they've grown up with those characters. They've been in their home for so long that they feel like family. And the show hits on um, themes of family. And I think that that's a big a big factor in it. And I think another factor is that our show came of age at the same time that Twitter came of age, like social media was just a burgeoning. Yeah.
0: We were at, we were done.
2: Right. You weren't around. So you didn't have that opportunity to engage with your fans the way we did. And we happened, I think because there wasn't really a terribly solid template for us to follow because it was really nascent at that point. We didn't know what to do, and so we were kind of playful with the audience, and we have always been kind of playful with the fans at the conventions, in a way that I think is a little bit unconventional, if yeah. you pardon the use of that term in this context, and um, and I think that that we weren't terribly guarded
0: with the fans.
2: We were a little bit vulnerable, we we're a little bit open, a little bit yeah. open hearted. Um, we were willing to, you know, make an ass of
0: yourself make total asses of ourselves humiliate I the ourselves same thing yeah with our fans i just yeah i feel like because i think i i was in were you a fanboy at all before you became an actor like i would go to some conventions like horror conventions and like that, dude, that's the guy from uh evil dead 2 or that's the dude from dawn of the dead man that's fly boy uh you know i'm gonna go get his autograph i i was that guy and then i Fast forward all those years, and I'm I'm at the convention signing. So I always loved conventions. Were you like that at all? Were you somebody who wants no, autographs? No, I, I wasn't a dork. You weren't a, <laughs> I wasn't a dork like me. Did you want autographs? Do you have autographs at your house? Um, I have a
2: I I when I was eight, I wrote a letter to Dr. Seuss, and he wrote back to me, and I got a signed photo from Dr. Seuss. Um, I – it's funny actually being around these microphones in, in a studio setting reminds me of this, but I was a huge fan of public radio. National Public Radio, I just nerded out on. I knew the names of all the hosts and all the shows and when the shows were on on wow. my local station. And I would listen to... How old were you when you were doing this? This was like, you know, starting early in high school. Um, when I was, when I turned 18, uh, my girlfriend, who later became my wife, uh, got me a surprise birthday present. And it was like, she, she was taking me somewhere. And, I, and we were in Northern Virginia at the time. And she said... Uh, I said, "Well, just tell me where you're taking me." She's like, "No, I'm not going to spoil the pro- surprise." And I said, "Come on, just just give me the address." And she said, "Okay, fine. It's twenty twenty M Street Northwest." And I was like, "Oh shit, that's National Public Radio headquarters. I know that." Like, I was such a I was such a nerd. And so then, for my birthday, she took me in to listen to the recording of a, an episode of uh, All Things Considered, all and things, it was like,
0: "This is All Things Considered."
2: <laughs> is that what they <laughs> that's say? Very good. Yeah. Um, but I, so then I ended up interning at National Public Radio headquarters and, uh, and then working there briefly, uh, when I was quite young and walking around the halls and, you know, he, seeing the faces that were connected to the voices that I knew so well wow. was so thrilling to me. Um, so that's where I nerded out the most. Someone asked me, um, not too long ago, maybe, maybe three years ago, um, if if I could have uh, dinner with anyone living, who would it be? And I said, you know what? I think it would probably be Bob Garfield, who's a National Public Radio personality who wow. he hosts this uh, this or he hosted this show um, called On the Media, which I loved. Um, but uh, this was on stage at a convention. I answered that question, and then two days later, I got a phone call, and it was Bob Garfield on the phone. What? Like, My Twitter exploded. Who are you? And. Now we've become friends and it's like it's very exciting. What do you uh, talk about with him? Is there a lot to talk about? We talk about our personal lives. We talk about our our failings, our shortcomings, uh, our our How old is he? He's I don't know. I don't know how old Bob Garfield is. He's got to be 65. Bob, how old are you? Bob, are you listening? Bob Garfield, I owe you a call by the way, Bob. I'm I'm going to call you after this podcast. <laughs>
0: Uh, You talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, so many interviews. But I I think it's pretty incredible that, you know, you you come up for a three guest star spot or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're working 12 years on a show. Were you? I mean, you must have been really good. You must have just fit right the fuck in. For them to make you a regular that quick. I Well, they didn't
2: make me a regular that quick. It, it, it was by degrees. They kept adding three more episodes, three more episodes. And then finally they were like, all right, it looks like we're stuck with you. Um, but I didn't fit in, I don't think. I think it was an interesting um, mix where I was actually, I was uh, somehow I was a foil uh, to to sam and dean's characters and and i was different enough that it kind of it filled out the cast a little bit in a way um that if i when i when i first uh got on set i hadn't really watched the show i was like a kind of lazy guest star actor i was like i don't know nobody watches you know, the like show. me that's what i would have done who cares i got like yeah, i, I, I don't know I'm, i'll be gone i'll be gone before anyone yeah. even I- knows that i was here <laughs> And so uh, I, I knew that I was going to be playing an angel. And so I kind of showed up with this very ethereal, other earthly, you know, otherworldly quality. And you added the voice. And I added the voice, you know, the deep voice for various reasons, because I thought that was going to be cool. It turned out it was a pain in the ass for, for a long time. But I, um, I, we did the first take and uh, the producer, who was also the director, the executive producer, director Kim Manners, uh, came up to me and he said, uh, can you try to do that again? But not, not so spooky. And I was just like, "Up!" I, I was the wrong tone for the show altogether because all of the characters that played demons or witches or whatever, they just came across as real humans in the show at that point. Right. And I was playing something that was like spook spooky and otherworldly because <laughs> I didn't, hadn't watched the show. Um, but ultimately as that character got tweaked and honed, uh, i i was a fish out of water i didn't quite fit in but it was actually in a weird way kind of what the show needed at that point Mm -hmm. um and and i think you know obviously it worked to an extent because they kept me there
0: for you know i watched outtakes i just saw these outtakes and it just seems like the whole time jensen and jared are fucking with you that that is a fair characterization of my experience. I mean, on the it's show. nonstop. Yeah, it's a it's abuse is what it it's It's abuse because didn't you have a lot? I mean, you you always had to say a bunch of you had a lot of lines. I had plenty of lines. yes. plenty of and lines, they, and
2: they would uh, incessantly fuck with me. And, and you're
0: trying to remember these lines, and they're
2: fucking. Or with you. trying to even just say them. <laughs> um, yes, um, it was. It was maddening at times, but it was also, um, I think, demonstrative of the fact that we had a lot of fun on set. Like we, lo- I, I, I think it. It is probably north of a million dollars in overtime that Warner Brothers had to pay <laughs> for because of You're us fucking, fucking around. around on set over the years. Yeah, but without hyperbole, I think that's probably. Is, true.
0: is it safe to say? I mean, like you probably love these guys like brothers. I mean, but you all three are extremely close.
2: Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny. I think that um, one of the one of the interesting things about the supernatural fandom is that there are all of these factions. Like there are people who consider themselves. Sam fans and Dean fans and Jared fans and Misha fans. And a lot of times they butt heads. There are, you know, small but vocal minorities of these, of the fandom that like the Jared fans who hate the Misha fans or hate that I came on the show at all. And, you know, and you have
0: people that hate you.
2: Yes. And, and I, but I think that there are also small but vocal groups that think that we actors don't get along or that, you know, there's some feud going on between me and Jared or Jared and Jensen or whatever. And the fact of the matter is we get along great. And when we, you know, hang up or end phone calls with one another, we always say, love you, brother. Can't wait to see you. I mean, we're like, we really love and care for each other. Um, But there's this whole narrative. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, sorry, I keep banging your microphone. Maybe it's the fans um, trying to, find a way to cultivate some additional drama uh, now that but the there really isn't any drama show. to be said. No,
0: you never had a day where you're like, Oh my God, fuck off. Oh no, no. We've all, we, we <laughs> all, those all days. Course, like,
2: like, like people
0: like life, like, real friends, like friends and like, you know,
2: like siblings, we have all fought with one another at one point or another and had like real knockdown drag out arguments Really? Um, you but, raised your
0: voice with each other.
2: Yes, certainly. But we also... Uh, but that's because we have like a really close relationship. And the the overarching tenor of our friendships
0: is one of friendship and love, for sure. What's the biggest fight that you could recall on set that you were just like, fuck off! Like the three, you're just not getting along. Or you're, you're not getting along with someone. Do you remember? The, you know, I always remember those moments when I flipped out on Welling. I was uh-huh. directing an episode... And he was going, everything was going wrong. The dolly broke. Allison's clothing had a problem. uh, This window wasn't closing. And he goes in there and goes, dude, you're behind. What the fuck? And I go, hey, fuck off, Kubrick. I'm doing my best here. We got a lot of problems. He goes, dude, chill. I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, well, fuck. got a lot (laughs) going on right now. You're trying to earn respect here. (laughs) And people are fucking with you. But there's got to be a day that you can remember that. Or maybe not. No, yeah. I mean, there are times. There were times when
2: um, there was a time when uh, Jared. I can't remember. Oh, J- yeah. I mean, we have. <laughs> well, here it comes. Uh, Jared, uh, we were on a flight together, and Jared uh, took a photo of me. Like I, I failed to lock the door on the bathroom in the in the airplane, and Jared noticed and just opened the door and took a picture of me on the toilet.
0: And Exposed.
2: While I was on the toilet, you know, and I grabbed his phone when I got back on the plane and flushed it on the toilet, (laughs) which precipitated a very unpleasant uh, fight between us. But I was like, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) You actually
2: flushed his toilet down the plane bath? I flushed his phone down the uh, The phone. Yeah. Down the plane toilet that was that was that's a big thing to do i know it was a dick move now how upset was he he was furious violent like he wanted no, to he hit wasn't you? violent but he was so pissed at me that he wouldn't talk to me and and he shouldn't i was i it was a completely disproportionate response to what he had done and yet <laughs> <laughs> and yet that was early on in our that was early on on the show when we would get into like pranking each other and escalating things. And sometimes those things got to the point where it was like, this isn't funny anymore. You know, one or the other of us would take it a little bit too far. And that happened mostly with, between me and Jared, but Jensen did stuff too. And I was like, really dude, really?
0: <laughs> and you're just like, fuck off. Guys, I need but, to focus here or but whatever But I'll tell you,
2: as we got older and um, I- and I think a little bit more mature, um, we stopped doing that. I think that, that our, we're not we're not fucking with each other like that anymore. Right. We're,
0: we're too old yeah. for this nonsense. Well, yeah, actually, I think so. You think
2: so? I think.
0: You think it just got old after like season seven or eight? Or, yeah, yeah. That's when it kind of. That is actually, I think, about when it petered out. Really? Yeah. Do you miss it? No. <laughs> you don't miss it? No. You know, Jared and Jensen got to keep that famous car. What, what was the car? A Chevelle? What was it? Uh, Impala. Impala. Chevy, Chevy Impala. They both got one. Yep. Did they give you anything or were you allowed to take anything home with you? Did you take anything home with you? I have some I have some artifacts from the show. Uh, I don't have an Impala, but, uh, <laughs> but right. I have some artifacts from the show.
2: Um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I'm not really a collector, so I don't like put things out on display. And
0: what are you saying?
2: Uh, I do like your collection of things. I, 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 I <laughs> as I was looking at the
0: baseballs on on your shelf here. Yeah, I, like, I got Hi. baseballs and stuff. It's just like you know. I figure I could I could have my office and a podcast room where I could, you know, these are kind of collectibles and things like that. And the rest of the house is just kind of like nice. I like this. I want you like I, this. I,
2: I want to have my house look more like this. You
0: want a studio with? What are these? What are these bobblehead things up here? Uh, the little bobbleheads on the shelf. Yeah. Um, those are just like a, a collection that I have. I mean, you know, free shit or like, uh, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite, Hellraiser, Christmas Vacation, uh, you know, all that shit. And then those, vacation, I have puppets. Yeah. Those puppets, it's a uh, Princess Leia puppet I got in, I don't know, Australia. That right, that head right there is what I wore in an episode of Smallville. It's called Onyx, where I split in half: Good Lex, Bad Lex. Oh, really? And I kept that. It was very uncomfortable. Um, and yeah.
2: That's wow. It. You know, I auditioned for that role.
0: Lex <laughs> you Lupin. auditioned for Lex? Yeah,
2: yeah. You 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 beat me out. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. I don't know how I. It still <laughs> it still amazes me that I got that role. It was it was a lucky day, man. It was one of those days. That's, isn't it? Isn't it interesting how one
2: little thing can change the course of your life so radically?
0: You know, it's just like having that confidence for that one moment in time. And they're like, that's the guy. And you're like, what? I remember my friends going, dude, I cannot see you as Lex Luthor. Are you fucking kidding me? I remember my friend Matt... Uh, when we came out they had lex luther dolls and we were i was having a little gathering and everybody's laughing and he turns around and he has the my doll up his asshole <laughs> yeah that that just kind of put me into my place you know that put me <laughs> that's that's mad for you ballard you fuck Hey, how was it working with uh, Larry, K- or being on Larry King's show? That had to be fun, because I watched that interview.
2: Um, that that was, an, I think I, that was one of those pinch me moments where I just couldn't believe I was sitting down and talking to Larry King, you know? he's uh, He was uh, such an
0: icon, yeah. and
2: for a good reason. He was so easy to talk to.
0: Yeah. He said that you, Misha, had the most questions ever asked on his show, ever for a guest which is probably i mean he's had a lot of huge a-listers like you know and he says that you had the most questions are you blown away by that yeah i was blown away by that again that was early in the days
2: of social media right i think that was you know probably a decade ago yeah something like that um And uh, the Supernatural fans had already figured it out and were already, you know, online and active and, you know, the likes of Oprah Winfrey (laughs) hadn't yet, you know, developed an online
0: uh, social media following. So, yeah, it's strange. Do you still get tons of gifts? From fans? Or have you said, hey, guys, please don't give me any gifts. Spend that money and donate to like, my charity or something like that. Do you ever? Oh, God, I would never say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would Just... never say something so selfless as that. <laughs>
2: uh, it's fun. It's funny. I went, uh, I did a convention in Japan. And uh, have you ever been to? No, to I, don't, my... I don't know if Smallville would be big there. It, I, it was such a funny experience because it was like uh, everyone who came up to the to the autograph table brought a gift right and um and i and i guess it was just it's just a cultural thing like you're visiting our country here's a gift and i i kept on just grabbing the thing and setting it down next to me and uh and then some one of the uh assistants at the convention said where would you like the stuff all the gifts and i said oh i don't know just bring it up to my hotel room and i got to my hotel room I couldn't open the door to my hotel room. There was it, They had literally <laughs> filled up the entire what? room with gifts, and it was it was quite fun going through it all. I had my kids. You with You went it. through it all. I went through it all, and I had my kids with me. And it was Christmas time. Like it was right before Christmas, so I was like, "Kids, this is Christmas." So we went through this mountain of gifts from these some really Japanese great gifts. Bands. Some really great. Like there were some GoPros and things like that in there. What? But, Never got but, a GoPro. But the amazing thing was then the next year at Christmas, my kids were young at the point that point. They were like, dad, can't wait for Christmas and all the gifts. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it's going to be.
0: <laughs> that was just a one-off kids. So now they're forever disappointed with the holidays. Wow. And so you don't just say, you know, hey, I thank you for all the gifts, but you really don't. Because you probably get gifts every convention you go to. You'll go to Texas and you'll get tons of shit, right?
2: um yeah although uh i think over yeah i don't know i don't know I, yeah i the, the conventions now do tell people not to give gifts so yeah. we, we don't get we don't get that i got much stuff. Know,
0: this my friend lee and Kristen made me a a pillow with every guest i've had on the podcast oh well and that's then, very sweet right isn't that nice i, I use yeah. it and then they gave me another one so because you pillows. Have... <laughs> two pillows filled you're going yeah. soon you will need another pillow yeah i think yeah i've had i, I, just, I think i just had my 200th oh my god a lot yeah it's a lot of people like i never thought i would be doing this either i just was like i i i can't do this i'm not you no know, one who wants to listen to me and most people don't but um uh, are you are you talking
2: who are you to- talking to primarily I, I i don't listen to your show on the regular i just listen to, to when i'm on it um who do i what uh who, who do you interview is it is it other actors uh, you mostly? know anywhere or- from like
0: bob odenkirk to to Kiefer sutherland to uh Jennifer yep. Love Hewitt, Jensen so, was just but, on. but it's mostly mostly actors, actors directors, yep. that kind of thing. Um, occasionally, I'll have an athlete on or a rocker. You know, I had Richard Marks on, who's a friend, and uh-huh. like, you know, so it's fun. It's fun to kind of you know talk to these to these folks and get to know them. But you know, I as much as like you know in passing, like, hey Misha, yeah, I kind of know Misha through, right. you know, and we've seen each other. But to me, this is pretty cool because you throw on some headphones and for an hour, I learn a lot about you. You know, I get to know you a little bit more, and like, you know, it's 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 an opportunity for me to really listen because I'm a. I, it's hard for me to listen. Mm-hmm. I, if you take these headphones off and we're out there, I mean, I'll listen to you, but I'll, I'll sometimes I'm, I'm a scatterbrain, little ADD. But this forces you to kind of just like, yeah, zone in. I just did this
2: um, uh, series for PBS called Road Food. Yeah, and we Jensen
0: tra- said to ask you about that. We
2: traveled around the country, um, talking to. I mean, honestly, we were using food as a, as a window into worlds. So we're looking at little, you know, regional dishes, uh, you know, gumbo in Louisiana, for example. And we're using that as a, as a window into worlds where we'll, I'll sit down and literally break bread with people and talk to them about their lives and world. But it was actually really fascinating because it was an excuse, like you're saying, an excuse to sit down and listen to people and talk to people and get to know them that I wouldn't otherwise have sat down with. There just wouldn't have been occasion, but I also wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have made the space and time for it. Yeah. And so when you slow down and you give some time and attention and you actually let yourself be present with someone, it's kind of remarkable. Like I gleaned these little pearls of life wisdom from the guy who ran the little tortilla factory in Brownsville, Texas. or, you know, the, or, or the mayor of Tangier Island in, in the Chesapeake Bay. All of these individuals that I would never have talked to um, were willing to just open up. And it was lovely. It was yeah. really fascinating. I actually I, feel like I learned about the human family through that experience.
0: That's amazing. And I feel, I feel the same way. I think you nailed it. I think, you know, sitting with someone, there's like little morsels, little things that you've said little things that other guests have said, which sort of help me or they help other people who are listening. It's just like a candid conversation open. And I kind of just, you know, throw shit at you. And I I find it to be fun. I, I, I was going to quit many times. The first 10 interviews, I was like, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. 15, you know, 30 guests in, I'm just like, what am I doing? And no one wants to hear me interview people. And then all of a sudden I stuck with it And I started to get more vulnerable and I think that's when the show got better, when I started to open up and I started to talk about my imperfections, which are, I have many. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, you know, people kind of like that I open up like that and, you know, even you, you open up about your divorce and all the shit you're going through and it's like, wow, it's, uh, you know, it's not all about fluff and all about what you're doing next and you know it's uh i don't know i find it interesting to see that you know we all go through ruts we all go through tough times mm-hmm. you know yeah i
2: um that kind of reminds me of when i when i first got on supernatural and for, you know the cw was knocking and saying we need you to come do some interviews and i my at that at that time my wife was in graduate school. She was getting her PhD in pop culture history and her advisor, uh, had just written a biography of Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe had been one of these early starlets who had totally cultivated her public persona. So everything about her was cultivated her, the color of her hair, the shape of her nose, the timber of her voice, everything was cultivated. And based on what the, 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 a-listers of the time were looking like and sounding like and how they were walking and talking. So Jesus. I thought, well, maybe this is my opportunity to cultivate my public persona. This is the first time I'm getting in, you know, doing interviews, this is the first time I'm getting in front of cameras and talking about myself, Misha in quotes, right. I, I can present however I want. I can present as the ideal version of American masculinity. And we started, I started doing interviews and had this idea of of a version of myself that I wanted to to have the public see, and it was stiff and awkward and uncomfortable and not at all charming. And I suddenly realized I can't do this. Like I, if I do this, I'm going to quit this job altogether. Right. I I hate you're not this. being authentic. And so I just started bearing it all, and I was like, oh, okay.
0: That's that's that's, that's how it's going to have am. to be for me. Well, it's worked. Um, it's worked for you. Yeah, I suppose. I yeah. suppose it's yeah. worked. You know, you said that you you don't really feel like you fit in. You said that before. Because mm-hmm. I always feel like that, too. I always feel like when I'm around other celebrities or at a party, I'm just like, I just don't feel like I fit in. And I could pretend to fit in. Is that what you're saying in a way, or do you just not like to be around big celebrity parties and, and not that I go to a party, especially now in the last two years, but what is it? What do you mean exactly when you say you don't feel like you fit in?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what, what context that statement was made in, but I know that I felt that way when I was growing up. Um, I was, you know, my, my family was homeless at times and we were moving constantly. When I was a kid, I'd lived in 15 different places by the time I was, in uh high school and Jesus. uh was in a new school every year and that uh that all of those factors combined to make me always an outsider in school and i didn't have a friend group and so i was always i was i really actually didn't fit in and i was also not terribly well socialized we didn't have a television my mom kind of dressed me as a girl so i would you know Show I remember up. you talking about that in
0: the last podcast. Okay, yeah. Right? yeah, so
2: I'm, I'm rehashing. I like no, to rehash. The I same like material. it. No, I like that. But but long story short, I just I I always kind of felt like an outsider, and I and I felt like I had to figure out some tricks to ingratiate myself to social groups. So I I relied on self deprecating humor. That was something that I used a lot of in high school, and I found that I people were like, oh, that's kind of charming. They'd laugh at it, and at some point, I realized I have to stop doing all of this self-deprecating humor because I'm putting myself down so much that I'm starting to feel bad about myself. Wow. Um but when I I, I and it still shows up in some places. I sure. you know I've done a lot of therapy and Me work too. on like early childhood trauma and realized that you know I actually was traumatized in a locker room when I was really young. So when I go into locker rooms even now as an adult, I feel uncomfortable. And That played out in, in high school and college. Like I didn't really want to be involved in organized sports because I didn't want to be in locker rooms and I didn't even realize that was happening, you know? But I was like, this, this isn't, I don't fit in here. Right. So as I get older, I'm starting to find that I'm a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. Like I feel like I fit in (laughs) inside me, you know, to, to, uh, plagiarize your podcast uh, title (laughs) Beside you um but i but i you know as i'm getting more comfortable in my skin i think i'm a little bit less concerned with whether or not i quote fit in or not and i'm and i'm more okay being whatever kind of peripheral outsider i am and and uh, as a consequence i do feel more comfortable in you know most social situations now i'm not as like I'm not watching myself to, to figure out whether or not people are okay with how I'm behaving. Yeah. Am I cool much?
0: enough? Am I, I don't really, am I fitting it? You don't really give a shit. I don't really shit. care. It's taken, it's taken years though to probably get there. Yeah. it right? has.
2: Yeah. I used to, I used to run things over in my head a lot. Like, Oh, did, what did they think of me? You know, did, did I embarrass myself? Right. And now I can do something
0: embarrassing and be like, well, that was stupid <laughs> and then move on and move on. Uh, Jared Padalecki was texting me this morning. <laughs> what an asshole! He said, "He said, uh, see if he's willing to tell you about the fart on the plane story." <laughs>
2: okay, uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do my fart story. What is it? So um, I, I don't know how long your your podcast can run, but this is a long. Is it? Long well, can, story. We, can we? Nope. Can we, it has to be incredibly long so oh my um God. all right i i was uh i was flying um from los angeles to boston on JetBlue and stopped off before the flight to have dinner with uh, my wife's mother and uh, my wife and i were vegetarians at the time and she took us to pf chang's china bistro and we had no money at this point and so we gorged on every vegetarian entree they had at pf chang's there's a lot of roasted garlic in everything, it seemed like. And that's something that doesn't necessarily agree with my system. We got on the flight, and I was it was a packed flight, and I was sitting in a middle seat. And about half hour into the flight, I felt like the pressure building up. I was like, oh, I boy. Gotta, I gotta let, I've got I've to fart, but I didn't want to, like, excuse me, sorry, get up, get up and go to the bathroom. I was just going to let it, I, so I decided what just... I would do is just let it out a little bit at a time. Aww. So that it would dissipate and not be a big deal.
0: And you know, and on the plane when you fart, it's like no one can hear it. Nobody
2: can hear because of- <laughs> there's the, the sound of the jet engine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I endeavored to let it out a little bit at once, but unfortunately, I don't pressure change or something. It it all came out at once, and just the fart, just just the fart came out. And uh, and there's a guy sitting behind me, um, who fainted.
0: From it's, your fart,
2: yeah. And his uh, his girlfriend called the flight attendants over and said, uh, "My, you know, he's he's They they came. They administered oxygen. They they resuscitated wow. him. And she said, "Somebody, somebody has gas." And the flight attendant said, "No, no, ma'am, that's not possible. Uh, all of the." F- all of the fuel is stored on the wings. There's nothing, none of the, none of the fuel could come into the fuselage at all. It's not possible. And so they all let it go. I, I fell asleep. I, I woke up, uh, it was about an hour later and I had to fart again. And I thought, I'll just, just a little bit at a time. Again, I farted again. The guy faints again. They administer oxygen. And again, his girlfriend says, somebody has gas and the flight attendant again ma'am that's not possible it's all <laughs> you're not, hearing all this 100% i'm hearing it all i'm like slinking down into the seat absolutely mortified <laughs> and the woman sitting next to them in that in the row said so they say no ma'am it's not possible for there to be a gas leak and the woman says no it's not a gas leak somebody has to go to the bathroom <laughs> and so we land the plane and everyone has to sit in their seats while paramedics come and get this guy oh, off the plane. Oh, you're going to shit your pants. As he's saying... As he's saying, I, it's never happened to me before. I I, I don't know. It's just something smells so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. That is superb. So I don't know what your sponsorship relationship is with P.F. Chang's <laughs> China Bistro. Oh, my God.
0: But if P.F. Chang's isn't paying you, they should be. All right. That was an, an unbelievable story because you know, you know how much I love farts, Ryan. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, he said the story of kayaking in Palau. Oh, huh. I don't really know if there's much of a story that. All right, well, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, this is la- the last thing is shit talking with uh, Misha Collins. This is my- These are my patrons. They give back to the show. They get to ask questions. It's rapid fire, okay. if you will. And that's it. Lisa H. So the- just
1: lit a little bit out is what he's saying. What? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just a little just, bit. Just a little bit. That's amazing. That's amazing that someone fainted from your ass. Yeah. It's a. It's sad, but true. Ah, It's like a Metallica song. Lisa H. During the filming of Supernatural, when Cass and Dean were watching porn, what was really on the screen? Porn, something else, or nothing? My husband wants to know because your expressions were priceless. In that particular instance, there was –
2: it was just lights on the screen um, that that were flickering uh, and and very carefully cultivated to make it look like I was watching television. Um, However, I will tell you that um, in the show – there's a, a recurring motif uh, that uh, that Dean likes t- this magazine called Busty Asian Beauties, so he's always picking up a copy a copy of Busty Asian Beauties. And I went there was a, an episode where my character was in a convenience store shopping, and there they had on the of course on the magazine rack were copies of Busty Asian Beauty Beauties. And I picked one up and it's, you know, it's a porn magazine. And I picked it up and I opened it expecting to find it, you know, it to be a, 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 uh, an entertainment weekly magazine or something. And I opened it up and sure enough, it was, a, <laughs> it was a magazine called Barely 18. And it's an actual porn magazine that the, that the set dressers had thought, you know what, we'll be funny. We'll. We'll put this fake cover on an actual. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I picked it up and I was like, oh, my God, what am I looking at? So um, so sometimes there was porn on the set of Supernatural, but it was mostly just the set dressers. Uh, messing oh, I with love us.
0: that. That's good. They probably got in trouble for that, didn't they? Uh, they will now. They will now. Yeah. Years later. Leanne, what is something people would be surprised to learn about you? Besides that, you're a poet, you have a book published. New York Times best list, is that correct? Yeah, I got Fuck it. Fuck,
2: dude. Yep, yep. I got New York Times best selling poetry book, which is, I think, not, not a lot of people can say that because not a lot of books of poetry sell. Um, I was pretty excited about that. Um, I am, I would say that I, I consider myself an introvert. I don't think a lot of people know that or would say that about me. I could see that. Um, But I'm
0: fairly introverted. Hmm. Are you sort of quiet at home? You sort of like in your own head, you kind of, you know. No. You're not very animated. No, I can be animated and boisterous, but I also have a tendency to
2: want to recharge on my own. So, you know, I don't spend a lot of time hanging out in the green room.
0: Right. Um, You don't care about other actors and talking to them. (laughs) precisely <laughs> yes i know nancy d well now that you're a new york times best-selling poet can we expect a follow-up collection i don't know but that is a um uh
2: it's something that i'm percolating on to to recycle a word from earlier in the podcast yeah, percolates a good word. um i uh I, I wrote my book of poetry over the course of like 20 years and Ooh. um and definitely was not thinking of a follow-up volume Uh, but it has been well received and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm starting to write again. So we'll see.
0: I like it. Robin asks, how much weight did you gain during the taping of road food? I am am shocked to announce that I just
2: went to the doctors and I had high cholesterol and now I have moderately high cholesterol, which is slightly less cholesterol. moderately and 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 road food was a lot of greasy and fried food so i don't know what happened but somehow somehow i got healthier over the course of it oh you
0: got healthy healthier over the course of it yeah i don't know what happened
2: i can't explain it
1: that's amazing what was the best thing you ate on
2: the road i'm curious um i i liked the viet cajun crawfish it was pretty delicious Yeah,
0: I'm allergic to that. Are you? I think I'm allergic (laughs) to shrimp, so probably not. Yeah, you're not gonna. I shouldn't have crawfish for sure not. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I miss it. What makes it Vietnamese? Well, what was it? It was like it was a combination
2: of spices. It was like Cajun, Mm -hmm. Cajun crawfish, but then they infused it with some Vietnamese spices and sauces that were. Secret, I'm hungry now. A secret. So they Sounds wouldn't, they wouldn't am, tell me hungry. what it was. <laughs>
0: uh Yavor, what is the most memorable memorable day of your life? That's a that's a tough one. The most memorable day of your life. Why don't we say besides your children being born? I uh
2: there they're certainly I don't know even know how to quantify most memorable. Um I I don't have a certain day that I rehash in my mind more than others. I'm not someone who spends a lot of time reflecting on the past. Um, I, I have, for some reason, I'm just going to randomly select a memory that's popping out for me. I remember when I was, um, four years old, I was sitting on this uh, horse fence and a tractor came down the road in front of the fence. And I remember thinking, well, uh, that's it. I've seen a tractor so many times now that this is no longer interesting. Three years old was the best age. From now on, it's all downhill. And I, I I very, I have this very distinct recollection of that framing of new experiences when I was four years old. So that is memorable. Wow. Yep. That was my, it was the moment that I realized that I had
0: peaked. You peaked at four. Yeah. (laughs) Laura W., if you hadn't gone down the path of acting, what do you think you would have ended up doing? I'm going to guess politics.
2: You know, it's interesting. I thought I was going to go into politics, and then I course corrected somewhere along the lines. And I actually think I would have been an artist of some sort. I'm not sure if if I would have been a visual artist or a performance artist or – I mean, I, I, I've been working on some large scale public art installations and that has been really gratifying, but also, you know, writing poetry or writing in general, I feel like I need to be expressing some sort of creative energy or else I'm not, I'm not doing what
0: I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So something creative. I could see that. Abel F. What dish has taken you to a euphoric place? Versus a dish so bad you couldn't swallow and had to tell the cook, no.
2: Um, there, I, I, I have a very fond childhood, um, af- affinity for Japanese, uh, dumplings, um, that my friend used to make. And so it's like, that's, that's kind of a comfort food for me. Um, I was in Iceland and I tried the fermented shark. Have you, have you sampled this delicacy? No. no. Um, So they take a shark and they bury it in the sand and then the uh, shark starts to decompose and eventually the bladder that's filled with shark urine breaks and the urine helps preserve the remaining rotting flesh. So it's fermented, urine-soaked shark meat and it tastes even worse than it sounds it was like putrid I, it was putrid and unfathomable that someone would eat this were they so,
0: insulted when you no you, it I wasn't think, like
2: that I think that not many Outsiders are able to eat this food wow did you yeah. want to throw up yes I did and I I'm still I'm not this is not an exaggeration I'm still getting like goosebumps thinking about that that flavor it was
0: really shudder worthy wow what's what do you love the most in terms of food like what's something that you just you just can feel it coming down your throat
2: just you know what i mean like say that again no i don't want to i don't want to but
0: something that you're just like oh i just want like right now i mean i love bolognese Mm. i love that with some garlic bread What, what, what about you
2: i uh i love i love fresh produce it's funny having do, i'm not having just done this show road food which is like it's we're de- delving into um regional american cuisine but it's not like fancy stuff it's it's the stuff that you find at roadside diners right and it's very heavy and it's very salty and it's very greasy and it's very bacon laden and uh having finished that show i'm like i want i want a fresh tomato
0: with maybe a salt shaker and that's it you know (laughs) um yeah are you are you one to drink sodas and are you pretty healthy i'm pretty healthy salads a lot of salad right because i just started that for the new year more salads no sodas no cookies no chips at night less popcorn trying to eat healthy i'm glad that you haven't cut the popcorn out altogether yeah i've had popcorn twice this year (laughs) and uh but you know, you gotta have some vice. I've quit a lot of vices. I stopped this vaping bullshit. Oh, you were vaping? I was vaping a lot, occasional smoking. And I'm like, what are you doing? My grandfather, way back when he used to smoke, Irv used to smoke. And my uncle Dave was sitting him in the car <clears throat> sitting with him in the car. And back then you just smoked in the car with the kids. You know, you don't give a shit. My my grandfather, Irv was smoking, and my uncle Dave looks at him, that's his dad, and goes, Why do you smoke? And he looked at Dave and goes, "I don't know." And he quit that day. He had no reason. He had no answer for him. He goes, I, huh. "I, I don't. That's amazing. I don't know." And he just quit. And I always found that to be pretty cool because really, that's what I think of. I'm like, "Why are you doing this?" Well, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little. Stop it. This isn't helping you. You know. So I'm trying to do that more, and it's it's not always easy. No, As, you know the addictive. Uh, part of our
2: brains will will give you that little kick like right now it would be right now it would be nice it would and it would be nice (laughs) right now but if you can keep the perspective to remember that in the long run it's going to kill me in the long run it's not good if i do it right now i'm going to want to do it again five hours from now yeah um yeah that's something i think probably all of us struggle with in
0: some yeah we all have vices we all have that one thing that we're like fuck I'm not a drinker. I'm not really a smoker. I've been getting into these pot taffies. They're just like low milligram taffies with a little pot that I'll take at night. And I've been taking those a little bit. But now I'm like, wait a minute. Are you taking these every night now? What the fuck, dude? (laughs) This is your next vice. All right. So you said you're working on you right now. You're taking some time off. You're just you're not in the middle of working on something right now. Right now, it's taking care of Misha time.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, that sounds good. Yeah. You can continue that for a little while until you're ready for the next step. Yeah. I think you can do there's that. A, well, it's uh, CW money in your bank.
2: There's a a poet, Rain, Rainier Maria Rilke, from uh, he's a 19th century German poet. And he there's a quote of his that I really love, which is, everything is gestation and birth. And I think that that's really true for creative people. But we have to give ourselves time to gestate. Just give ourselves that space to allow the thing to to grow, to percolate up. To percolate.
0: <laughs> the word of the uh, podcast. Uh, I really thank you for coming over. This has been a, a real treat for me. And uh, you know, I we we have I haven't seen you in person. in I don't know how long. Yeah, it's been five years. It's I've been a long time. Like yeah, and uh, I always learn something. You're you're a smart guy. You're open. You're uh, you're you're one of the good ones.
2: Well, thanks for having me back. It's really nice to see your space in person.
0: <laughs> it's good to be here. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, you want to say anything to uh, Mish?
1: Oh, real quick. Bob Garfield, 67. He's 67. 67. He's 67. I, I, did I say 65? You did say 65, yeah. God, that
2: was pretty close. I had to yeah. Google it. But, you know, he looks much younger than 67. Oh, <laughs> also,
1: what uh, Did Dr. Seuss write you a poem?
2: No, he didn't. Damn. Yeah, I wish. That would have been cool. I also huh? wish I still had the signed photo but I lost
0: it somewhere along the line. Yeah. Damn it. All right. (sighs) All right. Take care. I love you. Bye. You know what was great? It was him talking about these stories, you know, the farting on the plane. One of my favorites. Oh, Uh, that was a good story. You know, any any time we talk about farts in a plane. You love a good fart. I'd rather farts in a plane than snakes. You know, I mean, if you're going to ask me,
1: I mean, I think an ultimate nightmare would be farting snakes,
0: Oof, brutal, farting snakes on brutal, a plane brutal, brutal. with their uh, diets. <laughs> thank you, Misha, for being on the podcast. Again, I appreciate it. Again, if you liked Misha and you like the podcast and you're like, Hey, I like the interview. Listen to the podcast next week. You might learn something. The guests are always forthcoming and, and open and honest. And I feel like people learn things. So I, I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast every week and those that don't If you're here for misha again hopefully you'll stick around next week um also join patron if you want to support the podcast keep it going without the patrons i don't think i could do this podcast patreon.com inside of you i'll write a message right after also the inside of you online store uh, great merch tons of smallville stuff tons of uh, inside of you merch and uh, if you want to go to sunspin.com my band is sunspin you can book me for a zoom Uh, you could buy sunspin sweet swag sweet swag Mm -hmm. hats Mm-hmm. Shirts, whatnot, uh, and uh, what else? You could also oh make sure you follow us on all the handles. And what are those handles again, Ryan? At Inside of your
1: Pod on Twitter, at Inside of your Podcast on Instagram and Facebook.
0: That is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And please leave a review. You don't know how much it helps to leave a review. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, subscribe everywhere. Support the pod. That's all I'm going to say. I appreciate everybody today and my top tier uh, patrons. Um. You know these these are the folks that i'm about to read their name this is one of the perks where i read off their name at the end of every podcast and they really help the podcast in so many ways they give back so thank you to all these people here we go nancy d leah s sarah v little lisa yukiko jill e brian h nico p robert b jason w Kristen k amelia o allison l raj c Joshua D, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, L, Don. Supremo. Ninety-nine more, Ramira, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda, N. Correct, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man, Chase, Sheila, G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad L, Rochelle, Marion, Meg K, Trav L, Dan N, Big Stevie, W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super Sam, Dev and Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Gavinator, <laughs> David C, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille. Camille. Don't know that one. I don't know that, know that one. Know that Take one. a guess.
1: Camille. Take a guess.
0: S. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> the... C. Correct. Joey M. Willie F. Adelaide N. Omar I. Lena N. Design OTG. Design OTG. Eugene and Leah. Chris P. Corey. Patricia. Heather L. Jake B. James B. Bobbitt. Ed A. Ed A. Abol F. Joshua B. Tony G. Sean R. Megan T. Mel S. Orlando C. John B. Caroline R. Darren B. Rob E. Paul C. Christine H. Christine S, Mm. Christine S, Sarah S, and Eric H. Without these folks, I don't know what the podcast would do. We'd suffer. We uh, love all your help, all your um, positivity, and your support. So patreon.com slash inside of you. Thank you, everyone. A lot of great stuff going on, stuff that I can't really talk about just yet, but soon we're working on a new project, and you guys will hear about it probably in the next month, I'd say probably in the next month and uh, Ryan's working on it with us. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's uh, it's new, it's going to be a work in progress. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're going to dig things. That's all I could say. Really. Uh, You have anything else, Ryan?
1: Uh, No, that's a good, um,
0: good teaser. That's a good teaser, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, I'm headed to Arkansas. Actually, when you hear this, I'll already be back from Arkansas. Mm. But my next cons are going to be St. Louis, Liverpool, Australia, um, uh, Illinois at the Metropolis Festival or something, the uh, Mm -hmm. Metropolis, Illinois. Tom and I are going to do Smallville Nights. We're going to do Smallville Nights, I believe, in St. Louis. Um, I believe in, I don't know if in Liverpool we're going to do it, but we're going to do it in Australia. So a lot of great stuff coming up. Hopefully you guys would join me, come to the uh come to the cons, see us, hug it out. And uh that's all I really have to say. And uh also follow me at the Michael Rosenbaum. And I'm on the Cameo too if you want to if you want to cameo me.
1: You can wish you a happy birthday.
0: Yeah, my birthday's coming up. I was say, you could wish people a happy birthday. Oh, I, I can can't wish. A... Oh, yeah, that's, also right. That. that's right. That's right.
1: There's several months before that birthday. That's <laughs> true. I, I have time. I
0: have time. Jesus. That's a big one, though, guys. I'm going to be 50. I can't even believe it. I don't believe it either. I, know, I can't believe it. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks to Ryan <laughs> mm-hmm. from uh, Micah Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. I'm Ryan Hayes And I'll uh, we'll give the camera a little wave. Thanks for <laughs> supporting this podcast. Thank you. And uh, have a good week. Be good to yourselves. That's the most important thing, I think, is just be good to yourself. We all, uh we're all assholes, right? We're all assholes just uh, trying to get by. That's right. So do <laughs> your best. Put that on a bumper sticker. We're all assholes. Just trying you to know? get by. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll tell you, we're all assholes <laughs> just trying to get by. It's, it's kind of true. I mean, it's, you know, it's like every day is a, do you think every day is a grind, Ryan? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it shouldn't be though, right? It shouldn't be, but it has been.
0: It has been maybe it's the whole COVID thing for the couple of years, and now we're getting out of it, and you know. But like, I just need I need to get out of my house more. I need to. I'm starting to do that. I'm playing a little tennis. I'm starting to play a little hockey again. I'm, I'm trying to golf a little bit. I'm trying to get out of the house. Trying to enjoy my friends, and uh, just uh, stay positive and not get so absorbed in my shit. Just trying to get by with your asshole. We're all assholes. Just trying to get by. <laughs> Uh, All my love to you. We'll talk to you next week.